The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast with your host, metaphysician, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week, we will discover teachings, tips, and tools to radiate your best life ever with practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hello and welcome back to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today I'm so blessed and thrilled and honored to welcome Marcus and Sheila Gillette and Theo. Um, Now over the past 25 years, Sheila and Marcus Gillette have empowered and educated thousands of people worldwide through intimate conversations with Theo. Sheila has been the direct voice channel for Theo, a collective of 12 archangels, since her near-death experience in 1969. In partnership with Marcus, Sheila has been able to share Theo's wisdom with an ever-widening community, sharing transformational messages that foster an enlightened state of consciousness. Before meeting, both Sheila and Marcus were on their own spiritual paths. Sheila had already been channeling Theo for over 25 years. Marcus was happily immersed in his own spiritual journey, inspired in part by Theo's teachings after reading Sheila's first book, The Fifth Dimensions, Channels to a New Reality. But after a divinely guided meeting and an instant connection in 1997, their impact on the world grew along with their love. The Gillettes published their first book together, The Soul Truth, A Guide to Inner Peace, and just released their new book, The Art of Relationship, Discover the Magic of Unconditional Love. The Gillettes also host the popular interactive web TV series, Ask Theo Live. Their mission has always been clear, to spread Theo's life-changing messages of hope and possibility as humanity awakens to a higher vibration of unconditional love. Thank you again so much for joining me today. I've just been, I'm just thrilled to have you here. You're both so gracious. Oh, well, Christy, it's great to be with you. And it's great to reconnect. We met several years ago and it's it's just a delight to to have that history from before and now to reconnect 
That's right. You came to Kansas City to Unity Temple years ago. And um, yeah, you're such a lovely place. It's great to be here, Chrissy. Yeah, we're, we're excited. We've been looking forward to this. And it is great to see you again. Absolutely. Thank you. After all these about 12 years ago, I think. It was a long time ago. I measure everything in terms of how old my daughter was, and she was just a baby then. So, yeah. <laughs> so this new book, The Art of Relationship, um, <clears throat> so this, this book, is it channeled? It's everything. It's yes. Yeah. It, yes. Of course, it's it's real life experiences of people who have interacted with Theo about relationships. For years, several years, we have done a retreat um, a program called the Art of Relationship. So there are stories from individuals whose life had changed from interacting with Theo in those events. And it's our story, which is fun uh, to, to share with everybody. But it's about, first of all, the relationship to the self. That's the most important one. You know, if you can't love yourself, how can you truly love others? So that's a big component of that. And then in the book, we touch every relationship uh we have in life because everything's relationship based isn't it oh, yeah. everything's relational marcus would you have more to add to what i just the only, the only thing i would add in terms of how the so a lot of the book is, is theo of course uh, in a q a with with both me and several other people in our community that she was talking about christy that had, had the experience of being with theo live so it, as all the chapters are set up there is an introduction that we do there is a conversation that I have with Theo on that various topic for that chapter. Uh, and we go pretty deep into that chapter topic. And then there is a, uh, a bit of a transition where we teach a little bit from Theo's interaction with me to Theo's interaction one-on-one -on -one with one of the participants in our Art of Relationship Retreat. Then Theo has that conversation with them about the topic that I've been talking with them about. And then they share their story afterwards. So. Um, and that's throughout the entire book, right? So it's not just theoretical in terms of the teachings, my talking to Theo and the information, but now we see it be put into play, right? We see it in real life. Like, what does that topic look like when someone's actually going through that or has that challenge or aspiration in their relationship life? And it's fun to do that interplay between getting the information from Theo and then seeing it. In, in real life, you know, with, with one of our participants. So it's really kind of a nice connective dialogue as a narrative that goes throughout the book that mm -hmm. is anchored by personal experiences that other people are having. Now, I love how it just seems to flow so seamlessly. I know there was a lot of work in the background to put everything together, but it does flow so seamlessly between conversations with you, Marcus, conversations with participants, conversations with Theo. Um, you two work together very well as a team. We do. We do. And you know, when I met Marcus, um, yeah, I thought he was pretty cute. But I also, there was this energy that went through me as he entered the building where we met. Um, and I knew that there was something bigger than just 
meeting an attractive person. You know, we we meet attractive people and isn't that nice, but this, he literally took my breath away as you probably read in the book. And and so, it, you know, that, that story, this is bigger than the both of us, yeah. but it really, I, I felt that in every core of my being. And it was like, what is this all about? And so 25 years later, now I know. I mean, we are married, we love each other, and we're great partners in doing this work. We complement each other um, in doing the work. And it really, it's a good synergy that that having this partnership really uh, presents the information in such a great way. Yeah, we're, we're pretty well stuck with each other now after 25 years, Christy. She can't, she can't get rid of me. I can't get rid of her now that we've tried. <laughs> so, Marcus, what was you, what was your reaction when you first met Sheila? Well, you remember, I read the book, right? So I had this series of uh, really interesting experiences to find Sheila's book two years earlier. And uh, when I met her, I was I was a fan. You know, I'd, I'd read the book. I love Theo's teachings. I was precisely as you know christine when that book shows up or those teachings show up in your own path how perfect it is and aligned and i i read the fifth dimension and i loved it and i was you know i mean i i didn't have a lot of people in my life to talk to about it to be perfectly honest with you a lot of the people in my life uh probably thought i was a little a little uh a little out there at the very least right uh you know when i would start talking about some of this stuff so when i met sheila it was it was great. I mean, she, she was beautiful. She she uh, it was like oh, I, I was you know like I say I was kind of a fan really. It was just honored to meet her, and we had a nice connection, and she was very sweet, and we became friends. You know, we really just kind of uh, came together as friends for about a month uh, before we found a way to get together in the bottom of the Grand Canyon for five days on a on a vision quest that myself and some friends of mine were putting on. And um, we had about 20 of us down there. It was our first date. I'm paraphrasing this whole story significantly. Uh, and then we came back out and got engaged the night that we came out after a five-day first date camping in the Grand Canyon. Now, I wouldn't recommend camping for five days on a first date, particularly if you intend to get married afterwards. But it did uh, unfold that way, and it was remarkable. And it was it was kind of magical. We had some some pretty cool experiences happen to confirm our our souls coming together so that oh, was even more, even more fun yeah oh that is yeah that's a, yeah and again as as working to, together you two seem to just fit flawlessly marcus being a seeker and a questioner and sheila being the one who can wrangle this group of archangels and to bring them through and also having questions of your own um like like how do you like how do you work together that way? Was it planned? I, I think is my biggest question. Um, I think it was planned before we got here. Yes. Um, because it's always been like that, Christy. It's mm. always been seamless. And, you know, the interesting thing when we met, he walked up to the table. I couldn't breathe, but I knew he'd read my book and he knew more about me than I did him. And I didn't realize what a good talker he is. 
and and how curious he is. That's what makes him a good questioner because he never runs out of questions. And he's intuitive when we're working with others where they will ask questions, but he knows how to flesh them out. So many a time he'll say, I would like to ask a follow-up question for Christy. Mm-hmm. And then he does, and it just makes the information expand even more. So he, over the years, have, has refined that, but he's always been a good question asker because he's so curious. That is the key. You have to want to find out more and be open-minded enough to ask the follow-up questions and know that you're, you don't stop until you get to the the bottom and the whole of the answer, right? Yeah. I, well, I do. I, I know that, that curiosity. We all do. You know, we all want to have as much learning as we have. And what I've noticed over the, the most recent years is Theo's not just answering questions. They're expanding those questions into deeper teachings. And Marcus knows Theo so well now, he can sense how to bring that out even more. And and you'll find that in the book, how he's expanded this this ever-expanding knowledge. It's like being a skilled interviewer, like Oprah Winfrey or something, just to know which questions to ask to draw out the most. So the three of you really have a remarkable relationship. Um, Sheila, I would like if you could tell us a bit about how you... Technically, uh, it's the 14 of us, technically. (laughs) Okay, to put a finer point on it. (laughs) It's it's, it's Sheila and I and the 12 of them, yeah. (laughs) So you got to get the banquet room when you go out to... <laughs> we have, a, we have a, a, a an extra extra king size bed, and it still doesn't hold them all. You got the minivan and everything. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm starting to get giggly. Um, the twelve archangels. Now, um, I I've have heard that there are more than twelve. Do you know which twelve archangels make up Theo? You know, they will not identify singularly. I could make a pretty good guess, I think, because I've known them so many decades. But they will not identify. And they said this in the very, very beginning of coming through, that they would be known as Theo. And they wouldn't identify singularly because the focus would be too much on the messenger rather than the message. And they want the message to be heard and not to have it in any conflict or confusion by the listener. Oh, that's, you know, that's an excellent point. It's not about the messenger, it's about the message. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you find that the group of 12 changes and maybe tag teams in and out sometimes? Oh, yes. Even though it sounds like the same voice speaking, there's different tonal qualities and different vocabularies. That's what I noticed. And sometimes for me, because I feel the energy um, in my body, that it can feel a little more masculine or a little more feminine. 
but it's it's so subtle. But when I started noticing it, because I'm not totally aware, I'm aware it's going on, but it of uh, the words and who's speaking and who's asking. Um, so when I've listened back to recordings, that's when when I noticed it, the subtleties. Um, and I've had a few clients mention they have too. It's it's interesting because you have to really pay attention. Absolutely. It's just so subtle. Fascinating. And so can you tell us a bit, Sheila, about how you started channeling Theo? Oh, sure. Um, well, my near-death experience happened after having pulmonary embolus after the birth of a child. And my lungs were full of fluid. I could not breathe. I felt as if I had an elephant sitting on my chest. And I was in intensive care. And my family at this point in time was being prepared that I probably wouldn't live through the day. I didn't know that till after, (laughs) after the fact. But I did know myself. If I closed my eyes, I'd never open them again. I just knew that I I just kept saying, hey, God, give me a job. I'll do anything. And I it was like a mantra. I just kept repeating that. And it was surreal because it was like out of time. But the cubicle of the intensive care room that I was in became extremely bright as if the sun had come in and and risen in the room. And I saw movement at the end of my bed and Jesus was standing at the end of my bed. And I was a a little taken back, as you can imagine, but also just mesmerized by his beautiful hazel eyes and the imminence of love I was feeling. And I focused on him And he took his arms and he had some large sleeves, kind of like this, a little bit bigger. And he crossed his arms into the sleeves like this. And when he did that, he smiled at me. And when he smiled, I heard, as we hear our own thoughts in my inner mind, I heard a distinct male voice saying, remember, my child, you are loved. As I speak of it, it feels like it just happened. And this warmth started pouring down inside my body. I just felt this warmth just come through. And when it went through the trunk of my body, I felt as if I could take a deep breath. And then I started getting better. Wow. And we call it a near-death experience. And yes, there's many criteria to that. But... I know I had a miraculous healing that day. And I was in the hospital for about a month. And then when I got home, about six months after I was home and stronger, I started having all kinds of psychic stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Internally, externally. I could hear messages as I heard Jesus speak to me that day. And then I trance spontaneously and became a direct voice trance medium. The word channel wasn't even spoken of in this context when I began. 
And I started working with people and I was tested for my psychic ability and all of those things have been the evolution of this work. But Theo has been continually teaching for five decades now. That's amazing. Did you know immediately that it was Theo? How did they reveal themselves to you? When Theo came in, they said, we are 12 archangels. I had an original teacher that came in named Orlos, very soft-spoken, and told me that Orlos was there to prepare my body for higher teachers because it's in higher frequency. It's an energy shift on a cellular level and nervous system level. And so that was a couple of years. And then when Theo was ready to come through, Orlo said, it's time for me to leave. The higher teachers are here. And Theo came in very loud and authoritative and said, we are 12 archangels collectively known by, by Theo. And that's when they said they would not identify singularly. Right. And then they said, look that name up in the dictionary. So I did. <laughs> and the definition in the dictionary for Theo, and it's a preface for many things, theology. Uh, Theo means the beginning or God. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, all right. <laughs> and they, they did say they were messengers from God, source, force, however we wish to, to think of that energetically. And, you know, just as an aside, I kept thinking, well, gosh, why don't they, when they come in to talk, why don't they say, hello, this is Theo, or, you know, but they've always said, this is the beginning, is it not? It took me a few years to go, uh, duh, they are saying this is Theo. They're just saying from the context of the definition. So that was, that's just an aside. It, you know, I'm a slow learner, I guess, but it was really funny when I went, oh, exactly what I was doing. Oh my goodness. And here you were with a young child at home. And a three, three. I had two young children and then the new baby. Yeah. Yes. And what did your family think of this? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I grew up in a family that was supportive of psychic experiences and right. they believed in reincarnation. Um, you know, and used to joke about my my grandmother and my aunts, my mom, they used to say, oh, we were queens in another life and now we're scullery maids. And, you know, they, they just joke around about it. Uh, but there was a belief that they carried. So that wasn't uh, hard to discuss. And they were very, very supportive. Now, my children's father, it scared him. Well, you can imagine. Oh, cool. I almost died. We had a new baby. We had two little kids at home. And then all this weirdness started happening. And so it it scared him. And so it was, 
you know, there were these moments of what do we do with this kind of thing. Um, right. Well, and I'm sure moments of why me? Oh, absolutely. There was a big why me. Um, but what I realized, Christy, in that hospital bed, I said, hey, God, give me a job. Yeah. And I knew in the depth of my knowing this was the job. Had God given me a roster of positions that I could take, I don't think I would have picked this one out. Just because, you know, in 1969, these things weren't talked about openly. Um, I I was looking, looking, looking for something could, that could talk to me about what was happening to me because nobody in my life had had anything resembling this happen to them. And I found an Edgar Casey book. Yeah. And I read it and I thought, that's exactly what I'm doing. Because I was laying flat. This voice was coming through me in a trance state. So that really helped me. But then Theo brought to me people um, that supported me. They, you know, I got an invitation to meet the scientists that I met um, that then tested me for my psychic ability, I got an invitation from the University of Miami to be a, a participant in a, an event called Psychics and Scientists. Mm -hmm. And it was a, a weekend long conference. I'm living in Colorado in the mountains with three little kids and I get this invitation. How did they know? You know, I how did they know me i was just so i said yes and i went and i mean there's just been these things over the years i've done this work when i need something it shows up so i know theo's participating and drawing to me those those things that had furthered along this work because i said yes to it Oh my goodness. So when you first started working with Theo, I mean, there was no internet. There was no, no. You didn't Google anybody or email anybody or reach out to anybody. What did you do with this information? Well, people found me. That's what I was saying. Yeah. I asked Theo, well, this is great, but how are people going to come? And they said, don't worry about this. We're directing them. Yeah. And it's proven to be true all these years. Of course, now, but they also told me it would be an international community. It would be global. And at that time, I was traveling to different cities to meet with people, to do groups, to, to meet individually with clients. Um, but I did a lot of traveling. And I did a lot of sessions over the telephone. Yeah. And then it just grew. And then the internet came. Right. You know, so, but they told me this would be happening. And now we have a huge international community. So everything they directed me and told me about early on is just a part of my history. It's, it's all come true. It's been magnificent. And, you know, that we can sit here and have this discussion 
And you probably have people who listen to you and watch your podcasts that are global as well, because we're not separated anymore by distant time and distance. And, and we have this ability to communicate. And I, every time we do one of these, or every time we do a class, a virtual class, I am just so grateful to have that opportunity. And it just feels like a huge blessing, but it's also such a huge confirmation of what they said would be happening for our world now. Wow. So did Theo predict or tell you about what was coming in the world? Yeah. They did. I They gave me uh, information about Watergate two years before it happened. Interesting. That was scary. I can imagine that information and going, no, you know, no, this can't be true. And then it came out. And then years later, I I got a lot of information I didn't disclose to many people because it just seemed so crazy, you know. And then several years later, I met John Ehrlichman. And I shared with him what I had gotten about it all. And he confirmed everything, which was a gift. But here's Theo saying, we're going to send stuff to you so you'll you'll trust. You know, because I have an analytical mind. So things were so outside what I could have possibly known that then have been affirmed and confirmed over the years so that I could trust. And so now, because um, it's been so long and I have so much evidence, I trust them implicitly. And it's just easy to let them in and let them speak. Right. Oh, that's amazing. Did they predict Marcus? I knew somebody was coming. But they didn't they didn't tell me who. And they won't tell people who. People will ask, is my partner coming? And they'll say yes. And they'll say, and they'll say, will you tell me? And they'll say, no. (laughs) You'll be out there searching. And it has to be in perfect soul time when you come together. And our relationship is a testament to that because we could not have met each other before that moment. There would be no way we would have been able to connect and make the commitments we've made to each other if it had happened before. And, you know, I'm sure we crossed paths because he lived in Arizona. I lived in Colorado, but one of my very best friends lived in Arizona. And so I was in Scottsdale and Phoenix area quite often visiting her. And he was here and never crossed paths. A friend of mine from Santa Fe, when I lived in Santa Fe, who moved away at the same time as I did, uh, is the one that introduced Marcus and I because she moved to Scottsdale and met him and gave him the fifth dimension book and now i think i wrote uh wrote that book just so we could meet <laughs> <laughs> that's certainly what it sounds like oh, that's why 
My story. I'm sticking to that story. That part of the story. <laughs> so, Marcus, let's do go to your story. Um, did you grow up in a household that would have believed that this type of thing was possible? I think so. I was, I was brought up Catholic, but I was brought up in a in a fairly open-minded household. I think my mom was pretty open-minded. My dad converted when I was 23. My dad converted to Catholicism, by which point I had dropped out and. And uh, the joke in the family was I was his sponsor into Catholicism, which at the time was labeled as the blind leading the blind, you know, into into being a Catholic because it never resonated with me. And I guess the 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 short version of my story where my spiritual curiosity came from, Christy, was just in the out of body experiences I was having as a teenager. And I, it's really, you know, for me, you know, raised in a in a. a a belief system that includes things like the devil is not really a great way to raise children, in my opinion. Right? I mean, it's like it's like a form of child abuse. I mean, come on. And I and I and I well, there was fear in these experiences I was having, but there was also a wonderment and a, and a and a curiosity and a knowing that I was safe, and a knowing that that really wasn't true that nobody could overtake me. So I started exploring this, particularly when I got into my thirties. And uh, right before I met Sheila, I went to the Monroe Institute to study out-of-body experiences. And I, and I really wanted to get more kind of uh, authority over them, I guess you could say, and, and more clarity. And that was two months before I met Sheila. So I had, going back two years before that, I, I met Donna was in a grocery store of all places. She gave me Sheila's first book. Oh, kind of interesting story around that. Uh, and then prior to that, for about five years, when I got into my early to mid thirties, I just started to, you know, I, I wanted to, I was one of these seekers that wanted to know who am I, why am I here, where am I going? And the, where am I going was a particular fascination for me. So I started, you know, researching Dr. Raymond Moody, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, everybody who'd been researching near death experiences. And that all kind of led me to the Monroe Institute, led me to Sheila, you know, two months later. And and it was just kind of a natural evolution because when I read The Fifth Dimension, Sheila's first book, that book kind of rocked my world. It was so perfect. Timing was so perfect for that to show up in my life when it did. So I've been on a, I've been on a path for my whole life, but I would say it got really ignited about 30 years ago after, you know, I think there, there's some life experience that we have to have to have uh, as we're awakening spiritually, at, at least in my case, it was in my mid thirties. And I've seen a lot of other people in their thirties and forties where, you know, they start asking bigger questions about themselves and about life itself. And that's kind of where, where and then of course it took me to Sheila in, uh, in, uh, uh April of, uh, 1997. And the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know that, yeah. Spiritual awakening process, you know, luckily you were already in it, but it can be so painful for some people just to realize that everything that they had grown up with and everything they had known is not as it seems. And that can be yeah. so painful. So that's yeah. why I think that so many people are drawn to Theo in the first place, you know, just to have more of a step into this spiritual realm. Um, so, Sheila, when you're channeling Theo, you're not necessarily conscious of what they're saying, just right. that they are speaking. So you can't really ask questions of Theo, can you? Well, I I do, 
and I get answers clairaudiently. I they will speak to me like I spoke uh, of hearing the message from Jesus. They will speak to me in that manner. But if I have specific questions, and I don't have that many anymore because I've been a student for five decades. And I just trust and and I'm enthralled in the new information as they expand it because I continue to learn every time they speak. But Marcus will ask questions for me if I have them. Mm -hmm. And then I'll listen to the recording like everybody else. You know, I'll listen to what they have to say. But if I they warned me of things, you know, one time I I was driving in the mountains and I was coming on a highway and I was going around a curve and they said to me, slow down, go very slow. So I did. And I went really, and when I came around the corner, there was a huge rock in the middle of the, that had come off the mountainside down onto the road. And so there are things like that that have happened, you know, so I know I'm, I'm really well protected. Um, but, you know, every time Theo speaks, there there's information. And if I heard it before, they may be saying it diff in a different way. And I get it on a different level. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm continually learning. Uh, you've got the best teacher to, to come yes. through. Mm -hmm. And what's your process for bringing Theo through? It takes only a second. What I do is I close my eyes. I take a couple of deep breaths. I just invite them in. Um, I tell them how grateful I am for them. Cool. And then they take over the right side of my body, always have. And then they take over my whole body but they take over my vocal cords and and then I'm aware that they're there and I'm aware they're speaking but I don't retain all the information sure that would be difficult to do so now Marcus you've been with Theo for well since what 97 when you met um and I know Theo teaches many classes on psychic development and channeling etc do you channel anybody well, I've got my own guides. Certainly, Christy and I have my own connection and my own experiences. But no, I'm not a direct voice channel. I leave the I leave the channeling. You know, Sheila does such a great job of channeling. I just leave that to her. You know, I just focus in on staying curious and asking good questions and having my own experiences. But um, no, but I've got I've got a pretty good. I've had some some really nice connections with my guides, and and I have a name, and I have a group that I know of that I'm, that I'm connected into and with. And, and, um, but I leave the channeling to Sheila appropriately. So. Sure. Sure. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for psychedelic harm reduction and integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive.
Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Did you know that Radiate Wellness is more than just a podcast? That's right. We're also a comprehensive, holistic wellness practice. Find out about our services, practitioners, and upcoming events at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. While you're there, visit our podcast page to read more about our great guests and even donate to the podcast. If you like our podcast, you can help in other ways as well, like subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening right now. Tell a friend, a family member, or a co-worker about the great content you find here. And if you wouldn't mind, please give us a thumbs up, a five-star rating, or a positive review. Sounds like a small thing, but it really helps. You might like to know about our Facebook communities while we're at it. We have a free community, the Radiate Wellness Community, on Facebook for news and great free content. Our subscribers group is Radiate U, as in the letter U, but also, well, you. There you'll find curated replays of past classes, guest interviews, and more. And now, back to our podcast and back to our guest. Now, I want to turn back to the book. And I have a lot of questions about the book, um, but I also have questions of Theo. I mean, would you prefer to answer all the questions about the book or have Theo answer some of them? Well, certainly if you'd like your audience to have a Theo experience, I'm happy to do that. We could do either. So it's your show. And <laughs> I, so you say your preference. Well, if you have time, Sheila, I'd like to ask a few questions about the book and then maybe invite Theo in for additional questions and if there's anything they want to say about it. That would be just fine. And, you know, Marcus is the perfect person to ask about the book because he's been the main editor. I think he's read that book 10 times if it's been one. So he knows it backwards and forwards. So I would and just have you entertain those questions. I, what I would, Christy, what I would suggest is you do the questioning. And if I find an opportunity, if it's okay with you to maybe have them expand on something, I'll be happy to interject a question or two. How does, how does that sound? That way you can lead the questioning. And honey, I think she's yeah. saying she has some questions for you and then she'll ask the oh, okay. Yeah. You, you have some questions about the book? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why'd you write it? Why did you think it was needed at this time? I mean, that's the well, big. Yes. There's we lots of books. 
three and a half years ago, it's been now, maybe almost four, come to think of it, we just asked Neil a simple question. What's the topic that you want us to focus on that will have the greatest impact on humanity of your teachings? What is what is it you want to teach humanity? They said relationships, period. So we went to work on this book at, at, from that point forward. Uh, we created an Art of Relationship uh, seven-week online program. We created an Art of Relationship uh, retreat, which has been virtual now. Uh, we've got the next one coming up here in two days. Or what, what's today? Today, tomorrow. <laughs> actually, tomorrow on Sunday. Uh, we're actually doing an Art of Relationship retreat uh, virtually for two days. Um, and um, But that was what they said. It was relationships starting with the self and Theo's teachings on soul integration, which which you're familiar with, Christy, uh, is all about loving the self and repatterning beliefs about the self that are simply not true. So we're, we're moving, we're working on a premise, which is what this book works with, that any thought or belief we have about ourselves that is not unconditionally loving is simply not true. And how do we go about understanding the genesis of where these beliefs formed? And how can we go about transforming, literally rewriting the script of those beliefs into empowered and confident beliefs moving forward in our lives? And it's a massive shift that takes place energetically, vibrationally. It affects ultimately the, the rewiring of the neural pathways of the brain. Uh, and it just moves people from where they are in life to where they really, really, really want to be through a very simple process of, of identifying and repatterning beliefs about themselves. Um, and in that is, it, it affects every relationship we have, starting with the self. It affects our ability to connect psychically. It affects our ability to manifest and abundance and, and healthy, uh, optimizing our physical health. And, and all of these different pillars of life get affected by, by, the vir by virtue of us understanding how lovable we really are. You know, and 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 to know ourselves as divine spiritual beings, that and and that's that's what we're remembering and awakening up to now is who we really are. So it just changes everything. That it does change everything. Um, I know in some of your materials that your publicist sent me, and she's doing a fantastic job, by the way. I love her. Um, she was talking about a shifting into a new area, uh, a new era of consciousness. So how did that kind of shift the focus on relationships even further? Well, there's a new paradigm. And the, and the old paradigm is, is one of need. You fill up the, the wounds in me and I'll fill up the wounds in you and it'll all work out great. It doesn't work that way. So what we're in, in, in inviting people to do is, is to really get in touch with their own emotions. You know, as we move individually into our own emotional mastery and, and are now responding to life as opposed to reacting to life, um, everything changes. So we move into relationships on preference, not need. Um, and, you know, when people, to Sheila's point earlier, say, when is, when is the one going to come in? Well, the one is going to come in when you're ready vibrationally you're personally ready and are in fact already that vibration yourself to magnetize that person to you right and so um yeah I, you know that's uh that's what theo's teachings are really all about is, is just getting in touch with the core circumstances in which these untrue beliefs were, were first created and it could be from a previous incarnation as well well, and Marcus, wouldn't you agree that the other person has to be ready too? They have to. Because the, 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 
the relationship is a vibrational match. Yeah. And when you love yourself enough, and it's not conceit or narcissism, we're not talking about personality disorders, we're talking about the truth of being soul-centered. And when people do that, they come together in the new paradigm of preference rather than need, mm -hmm. that you don't need the other person to make you whole. You've already become that in yourself. And so you attract someone who's done the same. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Well, just like you two have, really, you know, that you've done that. I would say so. And we continue to do the things we teach. It's not, we're just not given lip service to this information. We apply it. And sometimes it's not easy. You know, it's the dance that we do for ourselves, but we have to have the ability to speak our truth and not to be, you know, not to have the fear of abandonment take over or the fear of I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. You know, it's that whole, whole thing. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. And sometimes we don't hear ourselves, you know. Uh, in the past couple of years, I've gotten a little grumpy because of all the chaos in the world. And sometimes the delivery of my message isn't that kind. And Marcus will point it out to me, which is a good thing. And I am, but he the other day said to me, you've been kind of grumpy, you know, I've noticed this over a period of time. And it made me stop and think. And what I realized is, yeah, I was letting all of that affect me and make me anxious and agitated. And I'm, I'm, I know many of us have, have this has been happening to. And I had to step back and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, let's stop this. You know, what's happening out there doesn't need to change how I am in my relationships and how, with the love, the people that I love. Yeah. So it was really a good, um, it was a good reminder because to, to the point I was trying to make, sometimes we don't even know. Right. Sometimes we don't even know how we sound to somebody else when we're delivering a statement. And I had gotten an edge. I have to say I'd gotten an edge. And to have that pointed out was really important because I didn't even realize it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. And so I'm sure that this material, and I'm sorry, I'm distracted. Your dog is so cute. He's sitting on the couch. He's laying and he's dreaming. He's adorable. He He's dreaming. <laughs> but how fulfilling it must have, how much it must have, enhanced your relationship i think is what i'm trying to say is oh, yeah. yeah definitely you know because there are tools we can all apply and it's just made our relationship better and stronger it was good to begin with but applying these tools has just made it better 
and made us better as individuals. You know, yes, the relationship, but in all of our other relationships, our in our business, our friends, you know, it just does. It just makes everything else flow because we're conscious about it. Well, in every relationship you bring yourself, every relationship that you have contains yourself. Yeah, for so sure. In your in your home life, does Theo? Do you bring Theo in? Like, hey, we're gonna have dinner. What what should we have for dinner, Theo? Or, <laughs> hey, uh, what do you think of that, Theo? Do you like sit down with Theo and have a little chat before bed or before dinner? <laughs> not really. Not really. Um, no, okay. Theo, doesn't, Theo doesn't care what we have for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, um, Marcus, you did a wonderful job of organizing the book. How did you even start to think about how do I put all of this information into some sort of cohesive, coherent format? Well, that's a good question, Christine. You know, I think, I think. Really, what we did is we we just observed all of the questionings that have been coming up for years in our community on these topics of relationships, and had the blessing of of two live art of relationship retreats that we had filmed. So it was we we knew we wanted to integrate my speaking with Theo, uh, and, and once we clarified all the topics that we wanted to talk about. Which is uh, runs the whole you know the realm of, of of all the relationships literally in our lives. Um, we then went and were able to identify really, uh, in my opinion, super interesting sessions that people had with Theo about these topics, right? And we were able to integrate these sessions into each chapter, and then once we did that. Uh, well, and the, once we found the point in the chapter where, where Theo, in, it, in every single chapter, Theo left us off after a particular question was, was, was asked, and they answered it, to bring in that next session. So now it goes from the theoretical to the experiential. And so it just, it just all kind of flowed together, you know? And then we, 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 we sat down we, several times and talked about our own personal experiences in terms of what stories to share in the introductions to each chapter, what stories to share in our first chapter, which is our multidimensional love story. What, what uh, you know, as we uh, each of the chapters, it has an introduction and we talk about certain stories from multiple of ours, some, some of them are clients of ours on that topic. And, and it just kind of all, you know, it, just, it, it came together. It took a couple of years, but for the, for the flow to finally come together, and then it was a matter of editing and bringing it all together. And we're still in the process of editing right now, the final video, which will be out in the first quarter of 2023. But it's labor of love, needless to say. Yeah, any book, any book is. It requires so much work and just organizing the material into something that would make sense to anybody else. So good job on putting all of these various pieces together. Um would it be appropriate to bring in Theo now to ask some questions? Sure. I'd be happy to do that. It just takes a few seconds. Absolutely. So here we go.
Did this stop again? I said, no. Thank you, Theo, for joining us. I'm so honored to have you with us today. I appreciate We are appreciative of the opportunity to serve you. You may ask. So for a group of archangels, how do you know so much about human relationships? We are excellent observers. We have observed the human experience over centuries. We are not limited to your linear time. And you are multidimensional beings having the human experience. Your soul is larger than your body. But we have been observant of these human experiences, and we see your world through your eyes and through your lives. You may ask. What is it about relationship that is so difficult for humans? It is most the relationship to the self in beliefs about the self of not being worthy of love. Predominantly that, but self-worth, shame and the fears of abandonment rule how you interact with each other and with yourselves. Mm, yes, thank you. Um, so... Love, of course, is a major part of relationship. What is humans' relationship with love and why, why is it so important? So the solid state of God, of which you are a part, is a solid state of unconditional love. It's not a feeling. It's a, how we can describe it. It is peace. It's a solid state of comfortability in your skin and the achievement of unconditional love. You've heard this many centuries, time and time again, but no one understands it. So what we can describe is if you make another more important than a thing, for an example, the, the experiences of irritation that you have with each other and with the self often are just judgments of things unmet for you, expectations unmet. So when you realize that the towel on the floor does, is not important as the person who dropped it there, for an example, what we would say, and this is more relevant to an understanding, is if that person, for, for whatever reason, would not be in your life again, would that how on the floor be important? Or would you wish the person back in your environment? Mm -hmm. That is unconditional love. Yes, thank you. So the the solid state of uh, of source, I, I as I'm understanding, is love. And so, when we are born, do we not come from that? You do. Mm -hmm. Situations and circumstance in human experience, and you've come to learn emotions. That's the beauty of having the Earth suit you live in because you have your sensory perceptivity. Mm 
you can touch and be touched. And that's part of a realization of the human experience. You are a soul having a human experience for that understanding. And that's why you come in the human experience. And when we speak of these things, we're speaking of the earth human experience. Mm. And the emotions of all that. But would you not agree that love, just the concept of love, has condition in it when one thinks about it? It's predicated on things. I would love a new car. It's used in that kind of dynamic. But the true solid state of unconditional love is a sense of well-being. It's like the eye of the hurricane has a calmness to it, no matter what wind or debris or energy is swirling around it. So when you have that solid state, we call it soul-centered Mm-hmm. unconditional love doesn't matter what challenge you're going through in your life you know you can navigate it and it's just there for an opportunity of growth it's not there to define you know that challenge is just the curriculum of the life you've chosen and when you have that awareness rather than push against it and you embrace it Life becomes easier, not harder. It's the resistance that makes the difficulty. Yes, quite. And so returning to the topic of the book, the art of relationship, um, is it possible to have relationship without love and love without relationship? No, because you're humans and you come from love. And it's a vibration in you. How you navigate relationship, everything you do is relationship-based. Everything. When you go to the marketplace, you're in relationship to the person there you're giving your resource, your money to. You go to do anything in life. You are interacting with others. It's not just primary relationship, family relationship. It's relationship in the sense of the world. And first and foremost, the relationship unto yourself will dictate how you are with others. Thank you. Something Marcus said earlier that he said came from you was that anything that you think that is not, and I'm going to butcher this, anything you think that is not an unconditional love is a a lie. Am I getting that correctly? What you think or believe about yourself that is not unconditional loving is untrue. Yes. We would not use the word a lot, 
lie, we would just say not true about you. But you've adopted a belief about yourself, outside yourself, to belong in a family, a culture, whatever it is, that the outside effect influenced the belief you hold of yourself. There is an uncommon amount of untruth, I believe, in people at this time on this planet. A lot of people who are stuck in anger and retribution and judgment. What is the purpose of that? So just at this time, it's always been. It's been the third dimensional paradigm, actually. And these are belief systems that have been passed along for thousands of years. But in this fifth dimensionary time is the change of consciousness to see through different lenses, to perceive differently. For humans have been taught that they are not worthy and livable over these different centuries in time. But now is it time to rewrite the script, to have the realization that each and every one of you is magnificent. You've chosen a human experience and have significance in that to be shared. But what ones are beginning to understand where those limiting beliefs began and often through a challenge, situation, circumstance, or condition that has happened in which the influence and the fear of abandonment or the lack of survival, one said yes to a belief of not being worthy of love. Yes. Or not enough. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, many times, they come through very horrific circumstance to your point of the anger that is permeating many people's experience. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, How can the individual shift that energy to create an atmosphere where people know that they are loved and they're worthy and that they're enough. So you are the best parent for these little aspects of self who adopted those beliefs in those times. So communicating on the inner with them. For an example, one could ask the self, when is the first time I felt abandoned mm-hmm. or unloved. Nature will come to mind, and that's who the adult can start to build a relationship with in understanding how that belief of not being enough first began and then nurturing and loving that part of self forward into the present. Yes, thank you. And it can be in this lifetime or others for your multidimensional beings. Mm. Yes, yes. Theo, do you connect with others besides Sheila? 
We do, but not in this way. Of course. Mm -hmm. How can others reach out to you if they wanted to gain your insights? In the asking, it is given. Mm -hmm. And many are attracted because we whisper unto them to come to hear. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes, I'm thinking of all the people who might not have access to the internet or all those who might not know about Sheila and Marcus and your work. And so I'm just wanting, um, I don't know, to know how everyone can be aware of these teachings and know that there is this flow of love. When they are ready, they will find us. Wonderful. Is there anything else that we need to know at this time about the book or about, I don't know, anything at all? Know that you've come here in this embodiment for this time. Out of this chaos will come order. A new world is emerging in and through these experiences and a recognition that there is the oneness of your human species. And you, as a species, are changing the world. You're better together than you are separately. And with the love we're speaking about and the consciousness shift on the inner will be reflected externally and you will treat each other with the respect and love through that unconditional loving state of being. That is the new world that is being birthed. Thank you. Thank you. You Mark, are complete with your asking. I believe so. Thank you, Theo. We are appreciative of the opportunity to serve. God's love unto you. To you. Good day. Thank you. Hi, Christy. Hi, Marcus. Welcome back, Tina. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that was very helpful. Very wonderful. Very good. Yes. Um, is there anything else that you feel is important to know about your book, The Art of Relationship, the Discovering the Magic of Unconditional Love, or your work together, your work with Theo, anything else that you think is important before we get to your wonderful gift to our listeners? Oh, gosh, we would love to have anybody who is so inspired read the book, of course. Right. Um, and and to come to an art of relationship retreat that we do because it's they're fun. And we apply all these things that we speak about in the in the book. So that would be my encouragement, Marcus. Yeah, I would say uh yeah, we got that that uh, URL, which is asktheo.com forward slash love. And, and there's a gift there, a guided meditation with Theo, um, and, and an opportunity to purchase the book. 
So in the, in the, in the guided meditation with Theo, it's called vibrant relationships. And there's a unique vibration to Theo's voice as they speak through Sheila, as you know, Christy, in these meditations. And it's really quite, it's, it's really an experience. And that's, that's what I wanted to just conclude on is that it, it is about the teachings and the wisdom of Theo, but it's also about the personal experience, right? It's not just reading or soon we'll have the audio book and the online uh, course will be out uh, of the book as well. But it, it, by engaging with Theo, coming into our community, um, joining uh, Ask Theo Live TV, for instance, which is an interactive web series we do, um, engaging in any of the programs, we've got three, six, and 12-month programs we do, um, is, is, a, is a vibrational experience. It, it is a life-changing experience vibrationally in any level that people engage with us and, and, and with Theo. And so we would just say, you know, see how it all feels as you read the book. I, one thing I will say about the book, I, I feel very confidently in saying is that there's there's something for you in this book. There will be something or many things that you're going to read in this book that can be life-changing for you. Just thoughts and tweaks and wisdom and aha moments throughout the whole book, uh, in my humble opinion. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I just really, that's the feedback we've been getting, Christy, too, is that there's just, you know, it, it, so many pages rabbit-eared and bring a marker with you because there's, it, even in my 10th edit to Sheila's point earlier of the book, there was just, this awareness that there's some really juicy stuff in here, regardless of where anybody might be on their path. Uh, and so we're just blessed to have it available and uh, very grateful to have uh, to be with you here today and be able to talk about it. We appreciate it. So appreciative. And I have to say that all of Theo's teachings, every bit of it, there's juicy bits. I talk about many things that I have learned from Theo over the years with my clients. Um, Often, often, often. And I love that Theo brought back the the idea of the little orphans and the little aspects of soul, because that's a very important part of my practice as well with clients and with myself. So I was very happy that they brought that forward. So all of this can be found and more at asktheo.com. And the link to receive that Vibrant relationship meditation is asktheo.com slash love. Forward slash, forward slash love. Yep. And that's and that's where they can buy the book too. And then we'll, and we've got a guided meditation form. So it's asktheo.com forward slash love. Absolutely. Easy, easy to remember. Easy peasy. Marcus, Sheila, you two are just delightful. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Well, thanks for the invitation. It's good to see you. Radiate Wellness is an international community of holistic and alternative healers dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com.
Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.